This is James Coover with K-State Research and Extension's Wildcat District with your extension crop report. Native grasses and alfalfa have very little in common. How they grow, when they grow, and how they are harvested is usually pretty different. But the one thing they do have in common is they both need a rest period in the fall to recharge the carbohydrate reserves going into winter. Generally cattle are pulled off native grasses in this area about the end of August to the beginning of September. This allows natives to have at least six weeks of regrowth and carbohydrate recharge before the first frost. Similarly, the fall cutting of alfalfa is generally suggested not to be past mid-September in this area to allow six to eight weeks of regrowth and carbohydrate storage before the first hard freeze. Alfalfa doesn't mind frost, but will freeze down at temperatures in the mid to low 20s. Many publications say that native grasses can be grazed once more after the first frost, and alfalfa can be harvested the last time after the first hard freeze. However, and this is something many publications might not tell you, you technically don't have to wait until the killing frost or freeze before the last harvest. You just have to wait until it's cold enough. With few enough growing degree days left, the plant isn't going to spend any more carbohydrate reserves growing this year. It varies from year to year, but there's a week or two window before the first frost and native or freeze in alfalfa where both everything has gone into dormancy and all the carbohydrates needed have already been stored in the crowns. The carbohydrate recharge also depends on if the native or alfalfa has had plenty of time, and importantly, soil moisture, to fully recharge the crowns. Sometimes the problem with waiting until the first frost or freeze is the quality and the timing. Quality because native grasses have low quality shortly before the first frost, and even likely less after. Alfalfa goes down fast after the first hard freeze, and there is only a few days of a harvest window. Timing is an issue because you never quite know when that first frost or hard freeze will actually happen. Research from the Bresner Pasture Nearly 8 Center showed that early season stocking and then late season grazing on native had little effect on next year's growth, but the study didn't specify the frost date. It did however mention that at least 800 pounds of dry grass per acre was needed for a decent burn the next spring, and similar studies showed that forage quality in the fall is low. Research from Wisconsin mentioned that there's ideally needs to be less than 200 growing degree days left after the last cutting, regardless of the first freeze timing. This shows there is likely little more wiggle room for the final grazing of native the week before the frost, or the final cutting of alfalfa a week before a hard freeze. If you have any questions about grazing native or cutting alfalfa, call Wendy, our livestock agent, or me, the crop agent, at 620-724-8233. This has been James Coover with your Extension Crop Report. Next up, we'll have Wendy Powell, livestock production agent for the Wildcat District. Hi, this is Wendy Powell, your livestock production agent with the Wildcat Extension District. There are many reasons for weak or stillborn calves. Most are in the wait and see column, but there is something that needs to be on the cattle producer's mind right now about calving season. With the drought situation and the lack of fresh forages for livestock to eat, most in Southeast Kansas are consuming a diet largely consisting of preserved forage, you know, hay. Fresh green forages contain very high levels of vitamin A, so it's rare for this deficiency to occur during a normal pasture season. The problems occur during drought conditions and when grasses become dormant, making vitamin A deficiency primarily a winter issue. Forages harvested still green in color will contain some vitamin A, 
but at very low levels. Being the least stable of all the vitamins, elevated temperatures and long days of sunlight of hay season cause most vitamin A to oxidize and disappear. Cows on green pasture will store vitamin A enough to last two to four months. Outside of those months, most herds will offer a trace mineral vitamin pack. However, it's common to still see deficiencies in supplemented herds. Some mineral packs don't contain the appropriate amount of vitamin A. Normal, free choice mineral and vitamin supplement dosage is two to four ounces per head per day. To meet the needs of a 1400 pound cow that only consumes two ounces of mineral, the supplement needs to have 300,000 international units of vitamin A per pound. A majority of supplements contain half that. Another supplement consideration is the intake variation among cows. Some research suggests that up to 14% of cows don't consume any dry mineral supplement at all and others eat varying amounts. Lastly, it doesn't matter what level of vitamin A is contained in the supplement if it isn't consistently available for livestock to snack on. I've mentioned that vitamin A is unstable. Standard feeds lose about 1% per month, but when coupled with a trace mineral, as with most supplement packs, the loss increases to 9%. Product purchased six months ago may only contain half the vitamin A now. What are the alternatives to cool season forages or purchasing supplements on an as-needed basis? In some cases, injectable vitamin A makes sense. If a herd is presently experiencing a deficiency, an injection to cows yet to calve will have immediate effects. Keep in mind that the injectable vitamin A still has a short period of effectiveness, one to two months, so timing is critical. Excessive vitamin A can be toxic. Use your vet's advice on product and dosage. For more information, give me a call at the Labette County Extension Office, 620-784-5337. Thanks, Wendy. And now, here's David Scrantz, Natural Resource and Diversified Ag Agent, with her report. This is David Scrantz, one of the Agriculture and Natural Resource Agents from the K-State Research and Extension Wildcat District of Crawford, Labette, Montgomery, and Wilson Counties, with your K-State Research and Extension report. While we've been enjoying the colorful fall leaves, wildlife in the area have had other priorities. Some animals are looking for their winter homes and stocking up on food, while others are going into their reproductive cycles. What do these changes have to do with us though? Hopefully not a lot, but they can impact our daily lives. House mice have a reproductive cycle that run year-round and a female can have 5 to 10 litters per year. The average lifespan of a house mouse is 9 to 12 months. This means that there are house mice that are always on the move and always looking for food. Why do mice try to move indoors? Because there is a decrease in vegetation and movement outside during the winter months, we start to see more activity inside our homes. Mice will be on the lookout for warmer places to build their nests and to look for food. Be sure to check your home for cracks and get them sealed. Mice can squeeze between cracks that are only a quarter of an inch wide. 
These can temporarily be plugged with steel wool, but a full filling of caulking or a barrier is the best measure of protection. What about squirrels? Mice aren't the only animals preparing for winter. Squirrels have been working this summer and fall to bury nuts for them to forage later this winter. Squirrels mate in mid to late winter and again in early summer. If you've got nut-producing trees in your yard, you are probably seeing an increase in squirrel movement as they collect their food source. Most squirrels won't be a nuisance in the fall as they are in the summer when they work to sharpen their teeth on any wood they can find. This can include outdoor furniture on occasion. What about larger animals like deer? Deer, the one species of wildlife that can be truly dangerous in the fall, is the white-tailed deer. Their rut runs from September to February, but hits its peak in November. This means that both male and females are on the move in search of a mate, and busy roadways are not a deterrent. This activity takes place most often at dusk and dawn. Unfortunately, this is also when most of us are on the move, either on our way to and from work, especially with the recent time change. Please keep a close eye on the roads this fall and winter. Deer can easily blend in with their surroundings and escape our notice. If you see a deer while driving, it is safer to brake and hit the deer than to brake and swerve. More fatalities occur when swerving to avoid the deer than when accepting the collision. From the K-State Research and Extension Wildcat District, this has been a Dave Strance with your K-State Research and Extension Report. Thank you, Adavin. And now, here is Jesse Gilmore with his report. With K-State Research and Extension's Wildcat District, this is Jesse Gilmore bringing you this week's edition of the Horde Report. Winter garden prep can sneak up on us, so it's important to know what to do to keep garden tools in working condition. Certain tools can be damaged when the temperatures drop, especially tools that hold water. Garden hoses and irrigation systems with water still inside run the risk of bursting during hard freezes. Hoses should be drained and move indoors during the winter for storage. Stretching them out and coiling them around your arm will cause the water to drain naturally. Ultraviolet light from the sun causes brittleness and decay over time, so hoses should be stored in a shed or garage to prolong their life. Irrigation lines are trickier to winterize, especially if you have a sprinkler system with underground lines. These lines are not buried very deep, but on the plus side are typically self-draining. That doesn't mean there's nothing you need to do. The main valve should be closed, and the irrigation line should be blown dry with an air compressor. If your irrigation system has manual drains, these should be opened. Mapping out where these are will make it easier easier in the spring to close them when the system needs to be repressurized. Most lawn services will be able to help with draining and blowing out irrigation systems. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, so taking the initiative and cleaning out water before any hard freezes will minimize the chance of needing to repair lines or buy new hoses. Cleaning off garden tools is also important for their long-term function. Leaving dirt and debris on garden tools will lead to the formation of rust. To get dirt and debris off, use a steel brush to rub down all surfaces on the tool. Wipe down all surfaces with a damp paper towel and then use a paper towel with oil to wipe all metal surfaces. Typically, linseed oil will be the easiest to find at hardware stores, but most oils will work. The oil will act as a barrier and repel any moisture that might try adhering to the surface of the 
the tool. By keeping this moisture off of your tools, rust formation is prevented. If wooden handles are starting to form splinters, smooth them out with low-grit sandpaper. Any sandpaper will do the job, but the rougher the sandpaper, the faster the handle will become smooth. Lawn mowers also need servicing before being stored for the winter. Untreated gasoline left in the tank can become thick and gummy in the cold months, so it's important to run the tank dry or add a stabilizer to prevent clogging. Battery terminals can also corrode during the drier months, so cleaning the terminals with a wire brush will make starting up your mower much easier next year. This is also a good time to sharpen any mower blades that might have dulled. There are a few steps to this process. First, remove grass and debris from the blades with a damp cloth, drying the blades before sharpening. Use a grinding wheel or a hand file to remove nicks from the cutting edge, and file the edges to 1 32nd of an inch thick, keeping the angle consistent with the blade. Avoid overheating the blade with a grinder, which could warp its shape. As with other garden tools, clean the blades with a thin coating of oil to prevent rust buildup. Winter is very hard on tools, but with these tips you can protect your investment from damage and use them to keep your lawns and gardens looking nice the following year. For more information on today's topic, contact your local extension office. I can be reached at 620-724-8233 or by email at jr637 at ksu.edu. Once again, this has been Jesse Gilmore bringing you this week's Hort Report. Thank you, Jesse, and thank you for listening to K-State Research and Extension's Wildcat District Ag Team on KGGF 690 Radio.